Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my, I believe this is third time guest, Matt, number three, he's rival. I think he might be tied for my most, uh, after this one, my most on guest. All right, we'll have to line up a fourth soon. We'll have to line up a fourth. Um, what we wanted to talk about is like Matt in the last, I don't know exactly when it happened, but recently uh, has left his job. And um, well, Matt and I used to meet really regularly. Um, COVID's put some things in this and even our phone calls, we got slack on it. But we used yep. to meet really, really regularly. And we talked about this for a long time about leaving your job. And a lot of the hurdles kept changing a lot of things it just kept it, it's <laughs> it's one of those difficult things to do and i wanted to bring them on to just like have that conversation um for people who do, haven't seen the other ones or don't remember who matt is matt just give us a little recap about what you, who you are what you did maybe a, a short version of your, your life story <laughs> yeah. uh yeah so i've been uh, i've been in computer engineering um since i graduated from western university in ontario here uh 15 years. And so jumping ship from that was a big decision. Uh, now to get there, I, I used a number of real estate strategies. You know, I, I succumbed to shiny object syndrome, except that I actually followed through with all of them. So um, I've been doing some house flipping. I bought turnkey rental. I bought, uh, um, I've done some burr, some wholesaling. Uh, I'm now looking at doing like some development and things like it's, uh, I, I'm up for trying anything. I tried different forms of advertising and whether that's door knocking or letters or, or uh, VA doing cold calling for me. Um, so yeah, that's, that's sort of the things I've dabbled in. And uh, eventually, you know, we, we managed to build up the, the net worth and the recurring income to the point where I could feel safe leaving the job. Yeah. I, what really, I, I even brought this up even on this show. I don't, I don't know if Matt listens to every episode, but I've even referenced some of Matt's posts from Facebook on my, <laughs> on my show. And I, I didn't, I didn't print it off. So now I have the exact one. Right. Um, do you remember it or you want me to just try and butcher this? Oh, okay. Yeah. The, the post that kind of turned everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I realized that, you know, I, I, I was kind of pushing back. Um, I was never quite ready, never quite ready to retire, never quite ready to retire. And, and looking in hindsight, I, it could have been done two or three years earlier. Um, and I have to be careful there to differentiate between <laughs> retired and retired, right? So we know lots of guys that retire and then work for 60 hours a week in their, in their real estate business. Um, but my goal was to, was to retire, like actually retire, stop, uh, you know, turn all the real estate stuff passive and, uh, and not have a job at the same time, right? Um, and part of, that, part of the reason for that was that I needed the security for family. You know, lots yep. of people telling me all the time that, you know, I, I know what I'm doing in real estate and I can lose the job and just, you know, jump ship, you know, what do we say? Uh, jump out of the plane and build the parachute on the way down. But yeah, I got, I got two kids, a wife, a mortgage. I'm not doing that. that that's not how it's going to work. Um, and I, I think what kind of had me in that mentality that I couldn't jump ship um, was that I hadn't, I hadn't understood for myself what it took to be ready, right? You have to define what is ready um, so that you can get there. And so, you know, the, this post on Facebook that you're referencing, I, you know, I, I was kind of agonizing over this. It had been a goal for the year last year to, to jump ship 
Um, and last year in August, I was returning to work from my parental leave. I'd taken a year off for parental leave. And I was sure before that year I would have retired, but I sort of stuck around to get the parental leave because it's free money. Why not? Yeah. Uh, and then I was convinced that through the course of the parental leave, I would set everything up that I need so that I could leave my job. And it just didn't happen, right? Parental leave ended last August. And then I suppose I was just kind of agonizing over that. Like, why haven't I managed to do this yet? I know that it's all in my head. The, the net worth is there. The skills are there. Um, what do I need? So, so I wrote this post on Facebook that ended up being kind of the, the turning point. I finally got some good feedback by asking the right questions. So I said something along the lines of, you know, for those of you who have quit uh, a full-time career to really retire with your real estate income, um, what did it take to get there? And specifically, I'm not asking these, you know, these single 22-year-old dudes living in a house with five other 20-something-year-old dudes that are all grinding hardcore on real estate. Those guys are all just, you know, jump ship, just do it, just do it. But like, you wanted to hear from the like kids, the people who had you know, wife and kids and had already built up the yeah, the big expenses yeah. that they had to carry. Yeah. Yeah. It, I honestly I think that it's dead simple to retire on passive income in real estate if you're young and you're starting from nothing and like you haven't already succumbed to the middle class lifestyle, right? I, I'm sure a lot of your your uh, mm -hmm. listeners have, have read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I was so committed to that poor dad life, the good education, the yada 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 yada, right? Um but that gets you so deep into the into the rat race. You can't just pull the trigger, right? You got monthly expenses to you got bills to pay, um, and I think that when you're renting a room in a house for four hundred dollars a month with no car payment and and no kids and and wife and whatever, it's real easy to make enough money in real estate, right? Yeah. First off, <laughs> welfare is going to just give you a thousand bucks a month, so there you go. Your living expenses are covered, so now you can go grind on your real estate business, and and that's just easy. Right? There's, yeah. there's no challenge there. So for the, for the young guys that want to do it, do it, right? Take that advice that those other young guys are given, just jump ship and do it. Uh, but if you're in your mid thirties with the, with the bills and, and the family, that, that just doesn't really work. So um, I, I ended up getting some really good feedback. Um, and the, the two tips that I think really did it for me yeah. was one, take the time to sit down, open up all your credit card statements and your mortgages and find out where you really need to live what does you know the suggestion was six months we play conservative in this house so so we took 12 months of what it costs to operate this household and knew that that was a target number that we had to just put in a bank and we, we put in a separate bank from the business that was one of my challenges before was that all of the lines of credit all the bank accounts everything was muddled together some of it was for for real life some of it was for business um, and then we had separate for the corporation. When I say business, I mean uh, my rentals that I hold. Yeah. Um, so, and I guess before the corporation, it was the flips as well. So, so we we found out what that number was, and for us, it's not that high. Um, and and I think a lot of people would be surprised at how low it is, but I have a good reason why it's only about forty two thousand dollars a year. Now, yep. people think, okay, well, forty two thousand dollars a year income, that's living poor. But we're in a situation where like if you're doing this if you're if you're going to retire here you have yep. to consider you know everyone who wants to make a hundred thousand dollars a year well the first thing that happens with a hundred thousand dollars a year is if the government takes 35 of it so now you only got 65 right right and then people spend 30 percent of their income on their housing so that brings you down to 35. so you know once we we 
pull the trigger and pay off the mortgage on this house, that, that 43 is going to go way down from there. And then from your 35 that you got left, you got to live. But then you also got to be saving for retirement. And, you know, anybody that's prudent is, is investing, you know, minimum 10% of their income in retirement. And so even a person with $100,000 a year income, you're only spending $25,000 a year to live besides the, those other things, right? So if, I don't, if I'm already retired, I don't need to save for retirement, yeah. right? If I can knock off the last little bit of mortgage that's on this house, which is coming up uh, soon, <laughs> yeah. if my mortgage expires in two weeks, I better get some funds. That's really soon, something. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so with that knocked off, you just don't need a lot of income. So the key is to figure out what that number is. Like it, I thought I needed $100,000 a year passive and you just don't. Right. If, if all the rest of the things are, are working and in play and that passive income is going to be consistent, you need way less than you think you do to live a very comfortable middle class lifestyle where, you know, we plan on, you know, maybe drive down to Florida for the winter, maybe head out to Banff uh, next summer, um, yeah. take a plane out to Southeast Asia. It's not that expensive to travel around there. Right. So we can try new things and experience a lot of life for a relatively low cost. So first step was to was to figure out what we really needed to just live and put that amount of money in the bank that was really important so that i have a year and it's a year proof of concept you know we, yeah. have, we have all the other the real estate holdings where the investments actually are so if i don't make a dime in a year i can sell a house and you know i'll pick a house that has the most equity in it and that lines me up with enough money for another four years so it's not like i'm i'm about to bounce off the bottom anyways so did you do this uh, math equation when you around that post or was it earlier? Because you, you were talking about moving or like leaving your job before that and you kind of, you, I would assume you had numbers kind of like that in your head or were they higher at that point? Cause I remember the it, bar, it the bar kept moving. Right? Yeah, exactly. The, the number was higher. Like I really thought that I needed hundred K a year um, or <laughs> I always say hundred K a year or the tax-free equivalent, right? So if my, if my tax-free yeah. savings account and RRSPs <clears> are pumping out money, yeah, that's that's fine. Or or if it's you know money that's yeah. that we can divide between the wife and I, which keeps us in a lower tax bracket, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that 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 first step of actually calculating what exactly it is that you need so that you can feel comfortable, and then putting that much cash into a bank account so that you've got runway. You know, that, that gives me a year to make some money. And, and if I don't make some money, I can sell a house. I'm good to go. So it's those and that's kind of basically a zero. Like if you make zero money in the year, you, you have mm -hmm. a year. So, you, and no matter what, you should well, make something. I would have that year, but I'd also have like whatever the cash flow was from all the properties. Yeah. And yeah. Any cash flow keep, that comes from any of the cash farther. investments. So yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. So out. even if I'd never even had a tenant, um, well, I, let's say I was half vacant so that, you know, the half tenants that I have are paying for all the mortgages. And I'm not really making any money in real estate at that point but at least I still have a year of runway. And then if necessary, I can choose, you know, get back into a job or just sell a house and then I have years of runway. But the reality yeah. is I do know what I'm doing. I will make some <laughs> money along the way. Yeah. And, and ironically, I've already made two or three times, three, four times my job income this year on the side anyways, not necessarily yeah. since I quit my job or anything. Um, so it's, it's, uh, we're in middle of September now and I jumped ship uh, in the beginning of June. So it's, it's just been a few months that I've been off, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's essentially what it took was that we knew we needed to figure out the year, uh, you know, figure out what we really <clears throat> needed, set that much aside. And then at that point it was just like, okay, well, I still have the job now. Yeah. 
let's just refinance everything we can refinance. I had a bunch of houses that had been refinanced for years and, and they've appreciated like crazy here in London, Ontario. And so that's what I was going to ask you. What, what are the prereqs? So you want to refinance? Do you run around to the banks? Like what, what kind of stuff did you do before you say, you know, that's it? Yeah, that was number one was just to refi everything. Um, re refi everything that needed refining, right? Or everything that I could refi reasonably. Uh, just to max out my debt service ratio while I still have a job to give me a debt service ratio. Yep. Um, and and just kind of maximize the amount of cash that we have available, whether that's to put into new investments or to put into, you know, lending out to flippers for mortgages or or whatever. And, and there was a chunk of that had to go to that runway money. Um, and yeah, I know that something I should have done was to go around to every single bank and, and, uh, as any lender that I possibly could, right? The the mutuals, and yep. and get a line of credit. I should have got a line of credit at every single place that could possibly offer me a line of credit. Every you know every uh, B lender, like just everybody, just go everywhere and collect credit and apply for every possible credit card. Um, I suppose I you know my my refis took like two or three months longer than expected. Yep. Um, so I was just eager to jump ship. So you know once. I didn't want to apply for a bunch of credit cards and lines of credit while I was waiting for those refis. They might get, um, you know, yeah. shut down. Yeah. And then, you know, enough time had gone by and we have enough credit laying around or, or private lenders that we can go to that uh, I kind of dropped the ball on that. Like that would have been good free and good, good, cheap money to have available for, for use, you know, to take down a deal or to invest in something or, or, you know, to survive longer than the year if necessary. Um, yeah. So should have got those lines of credit, didn't bother. Uh, the moment that the money hit my bank account, my wife was coming downstairs and and I clicked send on my two weeks notice. So um, <laughs> send quick. So yeah, there, there could have been a little more preparation, but that's all I really needed. Yeah, and then um, not having your job, do you uh, did you need to get insurance for like life insurance or sorry health insurance or anything like that? Now that you don't have that through your job, or is that you just you know we're still fairly young and you're gonna worry about that later? <laughs> Yeah, the benefits package is, I already missed that. Um, you know, part of the benefits package, which was not cheap, like we were spending pretty good money on the, on the you know, through the work benefits package. I really miss massage therapy. You know, I, I really miss <laughs> being able to, to, you know, my wife goes to the chiropractor now and then. Yeah. So like, it, it'd be nice to have that. Um, and then for prescription meds and then eventually dental when, when my kids, you know, shed their baby teeth and grow in a bunch of crooked adult teeth. Yeah, we'll need money for that. Um, we considered it, and I think at this point, the money that we would put into it, it's not necessary right now. So yeah, we're taking a bit of a risk in terms of, you know, if, if I get diagnosed with something that's gonna need expensive medication for life, you know, we're not gonna be able to get benefits plan later. Yeah. What are the odds, you know, what, compared <laughs> to what are the odds that I could just make enough money to deal with it, you know? Um, and then something I a little bit out of the box that I thought of as well was, you know, as far as dental goes, I hear about Canadians who get on like chartered flights to a chartered bus to, you know, they, they fly into El Paso and take a bus over to Juarez where they have high quality dental. Um, but it costs like literally 10% of what it costs in Canada. Like it's cheaper to fly and bus and hotel down to Mexico and get dental work done than it is to just drive across the street to the nearest dentist and, and get it done here. So, you know, it'd be, a, yeah. I guess they call them braces or something tours. big. Yeah. Something big. Yeah. If, it, if it's going to be some $5,000 braces for my kid, well, we could just make a family vacation of it. And my kid 
can enjoy a little bit of vacation and then we send them to the dentist before we go home <laughs> right so that yeah. we can be a little bit creative right the world is our our oyster now we can we can do what we want we're not limited by time and borders anymore oh well well except for covid, COVID shutdowns aside <laughs> yeah. we're not limited by time and borders yeah um, so you know if we need medical things if they're going to be outrageously expensive, which this is Canada, like we don't really have to worry that much about it. But if there are going to be outrageous medical expenses, we could just go somewhere that they aren't outrageous. And we so have that option. I just got thinking about this, just looking at my notes, right? And you're talking about having your year's worth of salary to leave your job. Um, you don't have to tell me numbers on this part, but if for cash flow, did that play in? How did that play into this? Did you, you wanted you, zero, it didn't, it didn't go in at all. You weren't yeah, like, I zero. need to make sure that my, my cash flow every month is equaling, you know, whatever, you know, 5,000 a month or whatever, like no, none of that, even that didn't come in. It was just, as long as I have one year's worth of salary, because also you do a different kind of business. You do a lot of wholesaling. So you get chunks, right? Flips, chunks. Yeah, not a lot, yeah. Not, yeah. not a lot of volume, but yeah, it does come in chunks. Uh, when you're doing low volume wholesaling and very carefully hitting home runs, it comes in big chunks. Yeah. Um, but but a little correction there. I didn't bother with a year of salary. Salaries are relevant. That that's an irrelevant or number. What living expense. That was the year of you know what is it, what is this household yes. cost Sorry. to run? That's what yeah. we set aside, which is half of what my salary was, right? Because yeah, you know, the government takes a third of it off the top and and etc. Right. So I didn't need that much anyways. Um, we did. I did make sure to consider like you can't just start at zero, save <laughs> up one year's living expenses, and jump ship. Oh, yeah hey if you're mid-20s do it if you're if you're not and like you're you're in real life with with the mortgage and kids no that that's not really good enough so I've, i'm established in the business already and but being careful to understand that i'm not trying to be retired where i work 100 hours a week i'm trying to be retired where i don't work or i work only enough to manage my investments i was having this discussion with somebody uh, this weekend and they said well if you're working less than 10 hours a week that's retired I'm like, okay, well then, yeah, I'm retired, right? If that's the definition, then yeah, we're, we're covered. Yeah. Um, but I did want to make sure that if we just look at the big picture of, of you know, the rental cash flow and the, the net worth, if we just look at net worth, if my net worth is, you know, uh, is 20 times. So like if, if yeah. my living expenses are 5% of my net worth, I know I can live forever on it. Right, because you should be able to generate 5% off of your net worth. Yeah, yeah, like any idiot can generate 5% off the net worth. And, but also I know what I'm doing with, with this business so I can make some money as like on top of that. So, you know, I've got a private loan out at uh, 11% and charge two points on that. And most of it's in a tax-free savings account. So that's really good income right off the hop there. And, and that's a fair size mortgage. Um, and now we're putting other money, we're gonna put other money into other private loans. Um, and actually right now I'm, I'm going to put a chunk of money into a down payment on a better take back, uh, pair of triplexes coming up this week. So that wasn't a purchase I was expecting. I wasn't going to be buying more rental properties, but yeah. a good opportunity came up for, you know, the kinds of properties that I could see, you know, my five-year-old and my two-year-old living in when they go to university. So, you know, it was a good opportunity. We're going to jump on it. And with a little bit of modification, a little bit of work. So I'll be in retirement for a little while. Um, we'll get those houses cash flowing amazingly. And, you know, those houses alone are almost going to pay for my, my, uh, retirement, never mind all the rest of the stuff. So some deals will just kind of keep coming. And that was also something that I never really considered is that I was always thinking, you know, what do I need? What do I need to retire if I never get another deal? And that's, it's unrealistic yeah. that I'll never do another thing that makes a 
that makes any money. Like even if I got into real estate, like I've got other hobbies that could make money too. Right? I can just find some ways to generate money, start yeah. a business doing something, whatever. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. But I even just that, yeah, even that, like if we, if we consider the not making any money part, if if my annual expenses are only 5% of my net worth, if I invested it all at 0% and never made another dime, that does still mean I have 20 years to figure it out. Yes, exactly. Right? So, like, <laughs> yeah. so that's, that creates a lot of safety there. And you know, if you're looking at $40,000 a year, 20 times that, it's not gigantic. Yeah, that's a really simple formula. I love formulas, right? So yeah, you, you figure so out, you do your, you do your, um, what you need to survive, like what you're actually spending to survive with your current thing. Figure that out. Multiply that by twenty. If your net worth equals that is that or higher, then you should be good to go, right? Yeah. And yeah, ideally, you're you ideally you're still generating. Yeah, ideally you're doing some generating some income still. Yeah, it gives you 20 years to make a little money and, and yeah, you'll figure that out. Now I've, I've got part of that net worth is tied up in properties and the yeah. way things are looking right now, you know, politically, environmentally, in terms of immigration and the housing crisis going on here, those, <laughs> those houses are not going to be going down in value. No. So like 20 years from now, they're going to be worth a freaking fortune. And who knows, 20 years from now, we might be doing the low cost region living <laughs> somewhere else where we only need $5,000 a year. Who, who knows? Who knows? So, you know, the, it, it creates a lot of runway to have that 20 years of, of uh, annual expenses set aside. Yeah. Um, you, we talked off air a little bit and you were saying that there's a, uh, cause you went on a parental leave for a year, right? Well, how is that actually different than re your retirement right now? Like, you said it's different. You said it's different when we were talking. It was since slipped in and it was different. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is different. Um, during that time, well, okay, like the first part of, of parental leave, you're, you're not sleeping, you're not yeah. doing business, you're, you're taking care of a baby, right? And realistically, I was also you know doing what I could with the business at, right. at the same time, like best yeah. that I could. Um, now, the differences during that whole time, I still felt like there was an urgency to make money, right? That, that still mattered. I hadn't, I hadn't put into my head what I needed to feel comfortable to leave the job. And so because I hadn't picked a goal, I was still just scrambling forward hard. Um, so as the, as the day-to-day -day concerns of managing an infant become a little bit easier, you know, you know, wipes back on her feet and, and no longer waking up, you know, every two hours for feeding and, and all that stuff and, and just keeping everybody tired. Um, I was kind of getting back to the grind and, and there was still urgency. I, I knew that I, 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 I was even about to say that wrong. I knew that I didn't have enough to retire, but that's not the fact. I didn't know what I needed to retire. So I was still scrambling uh. forward. And I still, I was seeing that, you know, the job was still on the horizon it was still going to be paying some of these bills because we're, we're deep in line of credit debt because we have large projects on the go and whatnot. Um, so with that, it was, there was still this pending doom of having to go back to work. Uh, and you were trying to scramble to get this all done. So ideally you wouldn't have to go back, right? Like you were, you were, yeah. you were, you were pressing hard. Like you were trying to reach a goal that you didn't know what it was. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> I, was, I was trying really, I was just running through the dark with my eyes closed, trying to find the finish line. Um, and yeah, we, we were going pretty hard on that. And, and when you're going hard on something, it, it automatically creates structure in your life. You get up in the morning and you know, you've got to be at that job site because there's going to be a plumber there installing a tub 
and and you you've got to be there to open the door for them and make sure things go well and meanwhile the other guys are going to be showing up so we can get the drywall up and so like i had to be on site managing things there was there was automatically structure built into that now what's kind of funny is when you you reach your numbers and you pull the trigger and you retire not retire but you retire and at least the beginning of this was now i'm i'm getting myself into some deals now but yeah at the beginning of this was the first couple months it was just I was just floating right now. I'm, I'm no longer, I, I was home already because I was working from home due to COVID basically doing this video chat and engineering stuff. Yeah. Um, but now all of a sudden, like I, I wasn't doing that. There wasn't a time that I had to wake up in the morning. I, you know, I, I'd hear the kids awaking and yeah, <laughs> to it. there was only that much structure, but, but even still, you know, sometimes the wife would just keep the kids quiet and let me sleep in. And so there's no structure there. And then I'd get up and, and, you know, I'm, Lindsay's a more productive person than I am, especially around the house. So, okay. you know, I'm all about these, these real estate strategies because I can do lots with very little of effort and time. Um, but Lindsay's the grinder of the household. I wish that she was the, the real estate champion. We'd be much richer. Um, <laughs> so I'd find myself just like sitting on the couch with the kids. Wait, you wait a second. You make, you make it sound like you're not driven. Like we've done a lot of meetings and you've shown <laughs> me like your burn down charts and all of your stuff on your walls so don't get this guy let don't let this guy throw this bs at you because he is very organized and he has the engineer's mind it was yeah okay all right he was okay it was. yeah when I, when I had all the structure yeah it, it was very organized and and it was it, it's an engineering thing it's almost an engineering joke it's like you know the best engineers are lazy people because they need they'll put a thousand hours into figuring out how to save 10 minutes on something because they're too lazy to spend 10 minutes on something uh, you know yeah the auto leveling picture frame, for example, right? Let's <laughs> go like this with your picture, or you could spend a year auto, you know, creating an auto leveling system. And I'm sure there's one on Amazon. I bet you it's out there. Somebody took the time to design it. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, and I've been saying for years, I'm not in real estate to get rich. I'm in real estate to get lazy. This is, this has been my whole goal is this is why I'm, I'm trying to scale things all the time. This is why I hired a VA because I don't want my phone ringing all the time. You know, yeah. This is why I'm, I'm spreading the wealth as much as I can. And, and this is why I trained a, a lead gen guy and, and do all these things so that other people can get a piece of the, a, a bigger pie, right? If we just grow the size of the pie by bringing the capability of more people in, then I'm happy with a small slice of that pie. So I can, I can throttle back and just like direct things. I can be the navigator of this ship, right? And, and just take it easy. So yeah. yes, I, I am lazy and I'm trying my best to be lazy. So you know, Lindsay's not, she's always the grinder. And, and so I'd find myself sitting on the couch and we're watching Cocomelon or whatever the heck it is with the kids. And, yeah. and, you know, I'm managing the kids and I'm feeding them. And, but there was never a moment where it was like, I, I have this thing at this time I got to do. And at the same time, like I'm, I'm sitting there on the couch and, and Lindsay's working her butt off doing a bunch of work around the house. So I'm not going to just like interrupt her for something that I could do next week, but I, I probably should get it done now. But I'm, th then that was like causing me stress that it's like, I got this thing in my mind, I got this thing in my mind, I got this thing in my mind and I can't get to it because I'm watching the kids, I'm busy. And it was just, a, it was just a, a ridiculous falsehood really. Like I didn't, there was no reason not to just like say, hey, I got this work to do and I'm gonna take care of it. Or there was no reason not to say every day between 10 and 12, I'm gonna be busy. Yeah. And so that's two hours a day that there's the 10 hours a week that, that I had talked about before, right? If we can keep it under that, then I'm retired, not retired. But and, you're, you uh, also, what you're leaving out too, is you, you have set up over the last couple of years, a lot of systems, right? Mm -hmm. That 
we, we kind of have like just skipped over all that. Like you mentioned you have a VA. So VA is doing a lot of the actual work. You have an accountant that's doing a lot of that part of the work. Like you're just doing the active, whatever actually has to be done by you. Like yeah, exactly. So not just account, but bookkeeper as well. So yeah. any expense that I get, I just take my phone and take a picture of it. Like go to Home Depot and buy something. You know, I get in the car, I put it on the armrest, I take a photo of it. I have an email address set up that goes right, like it's exclusively for my bookkeeper to get my receipts. And so I send it to that. I scrumple up the receipt and throw it away. That's all the work that I do in terms of bookkeeping. Right? If I get an yeah. email from my internet service provider with a, an invoice, it's already prepaid and I just send it to that email address and the bookkeeper takes it from there. So I, I minimize the amount of effort that I need to do to get all that work done. We used to do the bookkeeping and the accounting and it was a disaster. We did it poorly. And it was like, eventually, like it, it was just so much stress here because there's so much chaos in it. And we, we don't do chaos very well in this household. So, yeah. you know, it was like, you know, what's going to be cheaper, a bookkeeper and accountant or a divorce lawyer is <laughs> <Like, laughs> getting too dramatic, right? Like we had to, we had to find those things that were causing the most stress and requiring the most effort and energy and taking us away from the kids, taking us away from productive business. And, and bookkeeping and accounting was literally the, the uh, was the second thing. So the VA was the first thing. Yeah. So, you know, VA first and that stopped the asynchronous phone calls, right? Like, I don't know what time of day somebody's going to call me because they saw my sign on the side of the road or they got my flyer on their doorknob or, or whatever. So I can't be in the middle of a meeting at an engineering company and be like, oh, hold on. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd like to sell your house or like, I can't do that. Um, so the VA was, was critical to get started. And uh, let me shout out to Chris. Chris, I don't know if you're going to watch this episode, but you've been fantastic and, and an extremely important part of me getting my goals accomplished. So, um, so there was Chris to begin with to handle the phones and intake interviews. Um, and then she would book an appointment during the time. She's mostly she doing the wholesaling account. side of the business, right? Lead generation. Yeah, lead, generation, lead intake. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I, we can call her a lead intake specialist. Yeah. Um, so whether it's somebody comes in from the website or somebody calls, um, she would go through the, the script for the interview to find out, you know, what do they have? Why are they selling? What kind of price they're looking for? Or the condition of the house, et cetera. Let's and not then, go too much into the VAs because I, I almost yeah, think we, yeah, we can yeah. wait a month so, or two and do a whole thing on VAs again. <laughs> I haven't done a VA episode in like half a year. <laughs> yeah. So, so there, so she would take care of all that grindy work that, that's very asynchronous that I couldn't handle while I was trying to have a job and while I was trying to be present with my family even. So yeah. she would book an appointment and that's what I needed is I had nothing to do with an incoming lead until I had an appointment. And then I could go and look at the notes and be like, okay, well, this person's not a motivated seller. I'll get on the appointment. I'll recommend that they talk to a realtor. They're not really who I'm looking for to get a deal and we're done. Or I'd look at the notes and see that it's, it's somebody I want to talk to. I get on the phone and, and we come up with a deal. Um, and all like, that's far less work than having to comb through all of those incoming leads all the time. And, and uh, you know, scaled out all the, the advertising stuff as well. And then uh, after the bookkeeping and accounting, I then scaled out for lead generation. I found somebody that was eager and hungry and wanted to grow. And another shout out to Mike. Mike has Michael, been- I was gonna again, say, that sounds like Michael. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Michael, yeah. He's, he's been kicking ass at lead generation. Yeah. And it was so simple as I just taught him a, a script to go knock doors and I said, use the script. And once you've had a hundred conversations with people, you'll have the right questions to ask for how to get good deals. Come back to me and talk to me then. And you know, that's just free advice for anybody, but Come you, up you with a script and go knock a hundred doors and then you'll have good questions. You'll be able to grow in this, in this business. 
But based on our past conversations, you gave that same advice to several people and several nobody, hundred, and no one took it <laughs> except for Michael. Yeah, Mike was ready to roll. Like he, he, yeah. His life was not in a place that he wanted it to be. And I think a lot of people are dabbling. But he was driven to change it, right? Like exactly, that's what, that's exactly. the step, the P little piece is missing. A lot of people. And you think, want to talk about driven? The guy came in from nothing. Like he wasn't already a real estate geek, you know, geeking over videos and and everything, right? Going through bigger pockets and Matt McKeever and all these videos and and learning and learning and learning. He was fresh and new. And you want to talk about driven? He went like, from the time I met him, he didn't get a yes from somebody for six months, and he was out door knocking six days a week. But when that one hit, it changed everything. So he stuck to it he had that drive to grind and grind and grind while living in a roach infested awful place and now he's moving up and moving up because he had that grind and it's been amazing for me right so the exchange was i'll teach him how to do all this win win right i'll buy his leads off of him yeah and by buying the leads off of him i'm obviously getting leverage on my dollar i'm making significantly more um yeah but we also made a deal that if i bought a few leads I'm not just going to buy a lead off you. We're going to start giving you a cut of these deals. And so now he's growing that way. And that feels fantastic. So he's helped me to make enough money to push me over the edge on retirement. And now he's getting a big chunk of, of these leads that he finds. And, you know, he's now changing his life in a big way. So like that, that stuff feels good too, right? Growing the business like that and bringing people up with you. So being able to help uh, Chris in the Philippines and being able to help Michael here, you know, it's that yeah. stuff has its own benefits besides money, right? Awesome. Before we go, I'm just thinking advice for others. I wrote down some notes and maybe you see if you have anything else. So based on our, our interview we just had, uh, if you want to leave your job, step one was get a VA <laughs> <laughs> or at least start setting up systems. So uh, VA systems, uh, 20X your expenses in your net worth, uh, check out getting some bank loans and refinances and then leave your job. Did I miss anything there? Or is there some Absolutely. other stuff that people should do? <laughs> you missed the two most important parts. One is find out what you actually need. If you don't oh. know what you need, you can't, there's no point to any no of it. No point right? in 20X of it, yes. What is 20X <laughs> of, your, of your needs if you don't know your needs? So like take the time to figure that out and start there. Maybe okay. people yeah. are already there with their net worth that they could just make that work. Yeah. Right. And, and, and reestablish what your needs are. Right? If you live in downtown Toronto so that you can work at that $150,000 a year job, you don't need to make as much money as you think you need because once you don't have that job, you don't need to live downtown Toronto. You could go somewhere nice, yeah. <laughs> somewhere quiet. Or, or if you want to be in a city, you can just pick a different city that's cheaper, right? Like you don't need to live that expensive when you don't have a job, right? The amount of money I spend in gas now is, is a tiny fraction of what I used to spend in gas. Right? And the amount of money that I spend in coffees on the road or, or even food has gone down because I can cook differently now. So like everything really compresses. So really try to figure out what you need on an annual basis to start and then work on trying to set aside, you know, if you can make it to 20 times, great. Um, and and that's, for, that's for playing super conservative, right? In the position that I'm in with the, the mortgage and the kids and, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, 20 times is, is the right answer for that, I think. So that yeah. you can be earning 5% of that like money it. and you're good. I like forever. it. Yeah. Cool. Matt, if people wanted to find your facebook group or you or your meetup or whatever how do they track you down yeah the facebook group that's uh, that's a good point that's actually been been 
a massive advantage for me as well as you know, starting a real estate investor meetup. Um, you know, we were doing monthly meetup until COVID ruined it. It was four years every month until it got ruined. Um, having that network around is, is, is really helpful. So uh, you, can, you can get involved in that meetup and it's free to join and, and we don't charge for, for coming out to it. And, and it's just a fantastic networking event. Um, but you can go to the Facebook page, the London Creative REI Meetup. And even if you're not in London and you just want to learn about creative real estate investment, um, you know, come on in and post questions, whether it's about financing or deal finding or any of those sorts of things. So um, that group is a fantastic way to to get in the same circle as me and and know all the same people that I know that are that are kicking ass around here and around Toronto and Hamilton, et cetera, uh, or Canada wide. There's people from all over in there. Um, and then to hit me up personally, Matt Geertz on Facebook, you know, my profile picture is me in a suit. <laughs> uh, just find me. You know, there's not too many red bearded Matt Geertzes out there. So um, yeah, just, just hit me up. It's uh, I'm, I'm always open to, to chat with anybody. And uh, you know, I say I'm always open to chat with anybody. I chat with, as I said before, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of new people. Um, show me that you can actually follow the advice and do the work and I'll, I'll, walk you right through the whole process all the way to retirement until you know more than me and you can start teaching me and funding my deals. Yep. Um, <laughs> so, so by all means, hit me up, right? If you, if you got questions about creativity or, or even mindset and how to get started and, and all that stuff, hit me up. Yeah, that's great. And uh, when that meetup does go, like I would attend, I would even attended that meetup. I usually would go about every other month uh, mm -hmm. for uh, I'll drive all the it's way over. An hour drive for you, right? Yeah, an hour drive and I go, but like, you know, I used to drive to Toronto. I used to drive to all these meetups before this COVID thing happened. But it was, uh, you surround yourself by people with the same, talking about the same stuff. And you, yeah. you pick up that one little tidbit that's, you know, can save you thousands of dollars can or life, help yeah. you or just a mindset change or get past that one obstacle. It's awesome. I just love being and, around. And sometimes it is about finding those right groups because it's very easy with it, with Instagram and Facebook to see all kinds of the, the young grinders hustling out there, making it happen with a, with a flashy watch and all that crap. But you know, if, if you're the mid thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, whatever, and, and you need to be escaping your job and, and you've got other obligations and stuff, you know, that stuff's not helpful. So post up that that's your situation. Like that's the reality of it, that you're not a, a, full of energy, 20 hours a day grinder, and you've got other things going on, post that up and, and you There's can other find people. the right people yep. who have the right solutions to that. And they're not usually the loud ones on, on Instagram. Right. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show again, Matt. I think I'll have to get you on again, maybe maybe a few months and we'll do something about VAs or something because I haven't done VAs in a while. And I've been mm. re considering rehiring some VAs. I had some for a while and I let them go. Um, I've been... Mm planning on getting them back again so anyway it's, we'll, it's we'll have another idea. talk it helps <laughs> yeah 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 and one of these days maybe i'll actually be a canadian investing in the usa maybe 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 <laughs> love to talk deals yeah <laughs> awesome <laughs> thanks again right on